Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to new listeners. What is I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Car- God damn it. This is exactly what it is. I couldn't even say my own name. And I almost just hit pause so that I could edit this out. But screw it. That's what this podcast is. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast is a solo podcast done by me, comedian Jen Kirkman. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History. You may have read my books. You may have seen my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and just keep living. This is where I go to say whatever the hell I want. There doesn't have to be punchlines. It doesn't have to be politically pleasing to any particular group. It doesn't have to be funny. It can be sincere. I've cried on this podcast before. I've definitely been funny on this podcast before. I've been informative. I've been stupid. I've just been a human. This is where you can go to for free, listen to a performer, riff for an hour about what went on in their mind, in their world, in their life that week. I started this podcast in 2013 when I was a writer and performer on the Chelsea Lately Show. Because of how fun that show was and I was doing things like Drunk History, a lot of people thought I was a very fun party girl. And so they were coming to my shows drunk and screaming things out and I realized this is out of control. People need to know that I seem fun, but I'm really not fun. I'm, I like to do dumb things like stay home on Friday night and make lists. And I like to not be wasted and shouting things out if I'm in the audience somewhere. I wanted a podcast for people to find the real me. And it's been one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my creative life. So if you start listening to the podcast and you feel lost and you feel like it's a conversation that you're not part of, that's kind of what it feels like. But if you stick with it, you'll start to understand that it's random and you can be part of it anytime you want. I will read you a review from the Onion AV Club. 
What makes I Seem Fun funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action suit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. Get ready to step inside to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Welcome. I seem fun. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Episode 266. Happy New Year! Now I know that the time zones are different all over the world and many different religions don't even celebrate this as their New Year. So to whom it applies, Happy New Year. This is coming out, oh, I guess New Year's Eve, maybe 9 p.m. How about this? Midnight East Coast time, 9 p.m. West Coast time. Ring in the new year with me. I want this to be for people who sit home alone on New Year's and, uh, but I don't want you to waste it during the day. I want you to have it right smack in the nighttime. Oh, I'm recording this so far in advance. Again, my apologies if the world has imploded. So here's the only business I want to do for this epi- episode is um, just go to my website, jenkirkman.com, click tour. Right now for on sale, we've got Chicago, Phoenix. I could really use a big push in Phoenix. Chicago, I really want to, oh, I would love to like try to sell this one out. So please come and see me. Make it your New Year's resolution to get off your butts and go see live comedy. This is really my dream, and I would love your support. So we've got Chicago. We've got Phoenix. This is all coming up January through the end of March. Chicago, Phoenix, Arlington, Virginia, Dallas, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Seattle. All on sale now. February 14th, Valentine's Day, Seattle with me. Oh, my God. Please go buy tickets. Please, 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 please. Every show will have a free meet and greet. No more of those paid ones. I will be selling and signing books after the show. Now, the meet and greet part, let me be very clear. If you get in line to buy a book or have a book that you already have signed or buy a download card for my album, that's going to happen. I I actually can't stand around and say hi to 400 people. It's just not possible for my health, my sanity, and the venues. But um, if you desire to purchase something can come on through the line. You can just walk by me and take a picture and yell, hi, Jen. Like there's no, uh, rules, you know, I don't mind all that, but I can't, everyone comes up to me after every show and wants to tell me a five minute story. If there's 300 of you, like that's not gonna happen. So that's all I mean. I hope that's cool with you. That's best I can do. Um, so let's talk about it. New Year's resolution. So as you know, I hate this time of year because everyone else gets into their like, rah, rah, I'm doing this. And they make it our problem. So it's like, I'm just starting to chill, chillax back into life after being away for the holidays, which is always discombobulating. I'm home. Now I'm looking at my decorations, which seem like, ugh, I don't want to put them away. There's always that letdown. Even when you're ready to let the decorations go. Whenever you put things back where they used to be, I'm always like, well, that doesn't look good. 
well, how come I had it like this? And then I hate everything in my home and I want to get new everything. So this year I took pictures of where I left everything just to prove to myself, yes, it used to look like this and you liked it that way, Jen. So anyway, I know right about now I'm going to be sitting around looking at my place going, nah, I don't really want to take these decorations down yet. But then the new year will start and everyone will be rah, rah, you know, the agents, the managers, get this meeting, that meeting, go here, go there. And people in my life, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And everyone comes back all like real high energy, but in that way that is um, like stress high energy. It, I, I, I am actually setting New Year's goals because it just so happens that the turning point of my life this year does begin in the new year where I'm not going back to New York in January for a job. I am beginning a tour in January. And not a tour, but just a series of going on the road all year. I am going to be trying to write a third book. I am going to be uh, pitching another TV show idea. I'm going to be starting all my projects. So it does sort of start with me. Let it begin with me. What is that? Let there be peace on earth. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I do have a, a sort of traditional new year that I have to jump into, but I like to ease on down the road into it. You know what I'm saying? So, anywho, that's what's, I just hate other people's high octane energy. Um, I don't know what's happening. Okay. So, oh, of course I'm answering emails. Of course I'm answering emails. So anyway, but I am because I'm looking for the listener emails because this is a listener email episode where we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about your resolution. Resolu- My God, I'm drinking coffee. Why am I a slurrer badurrer? Um, I'm going to look up something because I wonder if there's any like New Year's, uh, interesting New Year's Eve facts. Because I was reading, again, from you iSeam funders who are joining the closed Facebook group. Again, you can find it by going to at Podcast on Twitter. And in the bio, you can click the link to join the closed Facebook group. And I ask you two questions. What are things you find fun that other people don't? And what are things that you don't find fun that other people seem to love? And you just feel like you don't fit in. So one person had written that they love finding out about things they didn't know anything about. So... I thought maybe there'd be some fun facts about New Year's Eve. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Let's see if there's anything here on CNN.com. The earliest known New Year's celebrations were in Mesopotamia and date back to 2000 BC. That is one place I do not. If you said you can go back in time, I might want to go in a hovercraft and sort of look down and see, but I don't want to be there. I feel like it's just one big rapathon. Uh, the early Romans used March 1st as New Year's Day. Ugh, March to me is the most depressing month. Uh, I love rain. It used to rain every March here in Los Angeles, but there's something about March where there's just nothing spectacular that's happening. And usually I welcome the depression. I like the cold weather. I like when it gets dark earlier. And yet something in March is happening where there's this anticipatory bullshit going on where you can't even enjoy the rain. 
and you can't even enjoy the sort of in-between slush weather because there's this, everyone's talking about spring and we're getting ready for spring and it's going to get light out uh, earlier. And I just think, I, I don't like all this. I like, it, it, it's too in between for me. I don't like it. I like dead winter. And I suppose if I had to like the dead of summer, I like the extremes. I don't really like summer anymore, but March has always just, I found it always to be a depressing month. Uh, in 1582, the Gregorian calendar, which marks January 1st as the new year, is adopted by the Roman Catholic Church. January is named after Janus, J-A-N-U-S. It's probably not pronounced that. <laughs> I'm Janus, the god with two faces, one looking forward and one looking backward. Well, that makes sense. It's it's very, uh, we're looking forward to the new year. We're looking back on the old year. Should old acquaintance be forgot? And never brought to mind. That's my terrible voice. My on-purpose terrible voice. Ancient Persians gave New Year's gifts of eggs, which symbolized productiveness. Listen, I wish everyone's business productivity this year so that we can all do what we love. Feed our families. But again, I don't, don't symbolize productiveness to me right after I've just come back from a holiday break. Just can I lay down for a fucking day before you start giving me eggs? Most New Year's traditions are believed to ensure good luck for the coming year. Many parts of the United States observe the tradition of eating black-eyed peas on New Year's Day for good luck. My friends from the South do that. I had never heard that ever until I heard of it. The first rooftop celebration atop one Times Square, a fireworks display, took place in 1904 and was produced by the New York Times to inaugurate their new headquarters in Times Square and celebrate the renaming of Longacre Square to Times Square. Isn't it amazing that we have these, and no offense if you've gone and done this, I'm sure you're not one of the idiots I see on TV. I find anyone who wants to stand in Times Square, A, ever, B, on New Year's, to be just, I don't know. Uh, I, I was going to say insane, but actually you have to be quite sane to be able to stand that level of anxiety, crowd running amok, cold sometimes. Maybe you're actually the most sane people. Maybe you're this highest level Zen because it, it doesn't bother you. And, and certain weird things don't bother me. A crowded subway, I don't get claustrophobic. I, I, I have that ability as well, but, but the Times Square thing, it, it just, I will never understand it as long as I live. And, uh, but to think that it was to inaugurate a newspaper's new headquarters. And now the antithesis of newspapers is who stands in Times Square. Not that dumb people can't read newspapers, but you know what I'm saying. People just screaming, woo, and standing there for a chance to see, is it Ryan Seacrest? I don't even know who hosts it anymore. It, wearing glasses that say 2019, which, you know, the year 2000, that was the optimal year to wear glasses that had the year on them because plenty of, plenty of circles that you can see out of, but now you really can only see out of one eye if you're wearing those 2019 glasses. So really, I mean, you're standing there with your, with your 2019 glasses, your stupid hat, your noisemakers, just 
yelling, woo, the TV camera swoops near you. You have nothing interesting to offer. You just, again, keep screaming, woo, and yet you're standing at a place that was once for the sole purpose of celebrating a newspaper, a thing that people would read to stay well-informed about what's going on in the world. And now you scroll Twitter and you scream woo. All right. In 1942 and 43, the ball lowering was suspended due to the wartime dim out. The crowds who still gathered in Times Square celebrated with a minute of silence, followed by chimes ringing out from an amplifier truck parked at one Times Square. Now, I love that. And of course, we still have have uh, soldiers stationed all over the world. There is war going on every second. And I think it would be nice if we had a moment of silence as well. Maybe we could do a moment of silence with bells ringing out and then we could drop the ball. But I feel as though nowadays we would never suspend the ball lowering due to the wartime dim out. It would be, no, we're America. We don't stop a ball for nothing. In fact, we're going to have two balls. We're going to have two big balls and we're going to lower them so hard in Times Square it's going to crush everyone because USA, USA, and people are getting crushed by two giant balls as they love it, going USA, USA, instead of saying, well, the strength of the United States that we honor uh, what's going on around the world. We honor the fact that we are at war and we take, we take a moment of silence. This is a time of reflection. Are you not all making your resolutions? Shut up, you stupid USA! Anyway, so that's a little history for you. How does that, how does that grab you? Was that so thrilling? You couldn't even, you can't, you're honestly thinking, how could Jen do this to me? This was overly stimulating. And I'm just trying to have a quiet New Year's Eve at home. Oh my God, there's 50 plus New Year's facts on this website. I wonder if these are any fucking good. All right, how about this? 83% of Americans spend less than $200 on New Year's Eve celebrations. I'm actually surprised by that because even if you take an Uber or a Lyft, you know, the surge pricing... But I suppose really, yeah, if you just go to someone's house for a party and it's walking distance or you live in a city where there's public transportation, you bring a bottle of wine, you spend 10 bucks, 20 bucks. I could see that. 24% of Americans plan to celebrate New Year's Eve at home. That's it? We're not talking about people sitting home alone. I could see maybe that's smaller, but at, I, I would assume 60% of people stay home on New Year's Eve, whether you're staying with your kids uh, or just you and your loved one, your husband, or whether you're with family, or you're having the party at your house, does that still count as... I am shocked by that. 45% of Americans plan to spend New Year's Eve with family. I never think of that as a family holiday. And now I'm realizing I really wish that I could do my trips differently, where I stay home on Christmas because it's just so nice and quiet in Los Angeles. And then on New Year's Eve, I could fly to see my family and then we could have a nice celebration. I'd stay for a few days and then I would come back to town. And then it would feel like, yeah, holiday season is over. I come back and while I'm unpacking, I take down my decorations. To me, that would make more sense. Maybe I'll look into that for another year. 3% of Americans don't plan to celebrate New Year's Eve. I can't believe that's at that low. Um, 15% of Americans plan to attend a public event or go to parties. Well, okay, wait a minute. So if 24% of Americans plan to stay home 
and 15% plan to go out. Uh, These numbers aren't adding up. Don't even explain it to me. 12% of Americans fall asleep before midnight on New Year's Eve. I always do. I celebrate East Coast New Year's Eve. And when it's nine, I go, well, it's the new year. I, to me, East Coast time is the real time in America. And so that's what I go by. And um, I live on East Coast time, even in LA. I wake up at 5.30 to 6 every day. That, to me, seems like when you get your day started on the East Coast. I don't necessarily get up at 9 a.m. on the East Coast. I also get up at 6 a.m., but there's just something about it. I, I don't know. 48% of parents plan to count down the last seconds. Wait, this doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. 48%. So almost 50% of parents out there plan to count down the last tech 10 seconds of 2018 by 9 p.m. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Um, okay, perfect. So... of Americans say a prayer on New Year's Eve. Now, if you're the praying type, you would just say a prayer every day. So I don't understand this. Is this means they don't normally say prayers any other day? Don't understand. Um, America's favorite holidays. New Year's Eve comes in fourth at 41% after Independence Day. Interesting. 107 million people will travel at least 30 miles from home for New Year's. Nope. The most popular destinations for New Year's Eve are Orlando, Florida, Anaheim, California, Honolulu, Hawaii. That is my fireworks. That's fireworks. That's why. Uh, All right. Okay. I don't care about the Rose Parade. Uh. 65% of Americans make a New Year's resolution. 9.2% are successful in achieving their resolution. Hmm. Well, let's see what you guys are saying about this year. Let's start in with those resi desis. When did this begin, too? Hmm. Let's see where it starts. Jen, you could have prepared this early. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Uh, Let's see. Dear Jen, please don't use my name. Okay, I won't. Okay. All right. Hi, Jen. My name is Naya. Rhymes with papaya. Here are my New Year's resolutions. Stop buying unethically made clothes and stop buying from places that use sweatshops. Make less trash. Be more ambitious and start looking for more jobs. Hashtag hustle. Go to New York for the summer. Apologize less. Thanks, Jen. I love all these because, well, apologize less is definitely doable. I don't know about going to New York for the summer. I guess that would depend on what you pull together financially and what ends up actually happening with your schedule. Um make less trash. I I love this, that you're a combination of conscientiousness and social responsibility, as well as fun things for yourself. I think, I think those are great. 
Somebody else said, uh, this is from Sean, my resolution is to no longer make resolutions. Last year, I resolved to return to balancing my checkbook like a good lad and be more responsible over my finances, but I never did it. Well, I am horrible with my finances still, but I cheat myself by automatically moving money into my savings so I have less in checking and spend less. The previous year, I resolved to, well, that's kind of a good idea. Just, I mean, if that works for you, I would say that's, that's uh, the way that you're responsible with your finances. The previous year, I resolved to exercise more. I did, but I was already exercising. So I cheated in my only resolution success. Basically, I have to trick myself in doing, into doing anything good for me. I just realized in writing this. Happy winter solstice. Isn't it interesting when you actually sit to write something down that you reveal something about yourself to yourself? Whenever anyone says, just write down how you're feeling about that, I always bristle and say, I don't have time to write things down. I write for a living. I don't want to write down my feelings. I don't want to journal. And then even if you just wrote yourself a few paragraphs about something that you want to achieve or something that's bothering you, you will notice something from your subconscious come up. So that, that was kind of interesting. This is from Clara. Hello, you can say my name. I don't usually go for New Year's resolutions, but New Year's and birthday are super close. So I do most definitely see the beginning of the year as a renewal for myself. I'll be the grand old age of 24. Holy shit. I don't know if I am a millennial or Gen Z. I don't know either. I feel like millennials are we're done with that. And I think Gen Z, you might be too old. Is there some kind of middle ground? Uh, she writes, it's, I can't begin to explain the stress this gives me. You seem to gather so much joy for, from being a Gen X. I'm always on the cusp of things, most notably my Zodiac sign. It depends on the magazine if I am a Capricorn or an Aquarius. It's a hard life, I'm telling you. I totally get it. This year, I'm planning to start living life better. Whatever this means changes on a nearly hourly basis. See, it does seem like you are now a cusp kind of person because even that behavior of it's changing hourly, it, it might seem that your natural state is one of, you know, if you lived on a border of, of two states, you could have one foot um, in Ohio and, and another one in Kentucky. You know, it does seem like you're a, strat you're a straddler. You're a straddler. Um, anyway, whatever, okay, this year I'm planning to start living life better. Whatever this means changes on a nearly hourly basis. During this hour, it's being less held back by anxiety. I'm working on being more spontaneous, going with the flow, and not feeling a deathly need to be in control. I'm starting an online CBT course, which is exactly what I need, which for those of you who don't know cognitive behavior therapy, that's amazing. I think that's great. And as counterintuitive as it sounds, it is work. You do have to work on being more spontaneous. Spontaneity, when it's happening, is spontaneous. But in order to get to be the kind of person that can just be spontaneous, it takes some work. It takes some, if you're not wired that way, you've got to rewire yourself. You've got to make changes. And nobody should beat them, themselves up for, for saying, I want to be this way. Oh my God, it's not coming easy to me. Of course it's not. Sometimes things take a little re redirecting. Anyway, and I'm planning on quitting my job the day after I get my Christmas bonus. Smart girl. Hopefully I'll be unemployed by the time this episode comes out. If you are, ooh, ooh, welcome to your future. Welcome to possibilities. Welcome to the unknown. Changes. Change is scary, but so is staying exactly the same. Oh, maybe I'll read a bunch of affirmations. <laughs> I just got so excited 
loser. Um, okay, I was going to, okay, maybe I'll be unemployed by the time this episode comes out. I was going to do it today, but I want to stick it to the bullying management and wait the exact moment I get my annual Christmas bonus. Yeah, just don't fuck with that. I mean, you've already done it, so this isn't an episode that's coming out before then, so I don't know why I'm giving you my advice because I'm annoying as all humans are. My biggest objective in 2019 is to trust people more and be better at coming to terms with intimacy. I react to intimacy um, the way arachnophobes do to spiders. I get palpitations, feel a visceral danger, and need to scrub myself. It's a real drag. I know why I do so. I'm a classic child of an alcoholic, and being hung up on parental issues is such a snore fest to me now. I'm over it. I love that. Whenever it's time to make change, it has to start with this feeling of going, you know, I'm just sick of living the way I'm living. So it sounds like you know all the right things to do. I also want to foster my writing. I've always wanted to find something I'm good at, but narrative nonfiction is my calling. My favorite, oh, I notice a you in there. Are you Canadian or UK-ish or Australian? My favorite is to write seriously about fluffy subjects. Oh, and to meditate twice a day. Hey, start with once if you can't do twice. I'm not sure if this is what you wanted, but it felt good on a forum to announce my intentions. Also, there's the obligatory resolutions to live, laugh, love, and fuck the haters. Love to all my I seem funners. Well, this was a beautiful email and it is exactly what I wanted. It's more than I even could have dreamt. I love this email. It's gorgeous. And keep us posted over the new year about how your spontaneity is going. Whenever I read listener emails, I love a follow-up. I seem fun at gmail.com. Feel free. Check in. Let us know what the fuck is happening. Um, and all that shit. Um, this is from Beth. She says, ugh, New Year's resolutions. They are so frustrating. Who came up with the concept? The gyms and the diet companies? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I want to get healthy. This, this is how she writes her resolutions. Yeah, I want to get healthy. Losing weight would be great. Being more organized sounds lovely. Cherish those around me. Planned on it anyways. Reality check. Unless the new year comes with a personal assistant, a personal trainer, and 10 more hours in a day, I can't see any of these new year's resolutions working out for me. Two jobs and college courses have me all booked up. Getting good grades and paying my bills, that is my realistic new year's resolution. Aiming high on these two goals for sure. Hey, you know what? Good grades and paying bills, that's a fine resolution. And uh, I'm sure you can toss in some more organization in there. It might help everything. I, I'm sure you got this. You got this. Um, this is from a woman named Tara who, this is not necessarily a new year's resolution, but I saved this email to read because it's about trying new things. Um, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm way too late in the aging game to even try to be a working comedian. That's not necessarily true, but I don't even know if I could be a comedian if I paid the audience to be up there. But I'm going for it and taking a silly comedy class at Good Nights here in Raleigh just to get up on stage. I've played there before. It's a great club. At 47. It's terrifying, but I'm going to do it. Bucket list shit. They do a little show at the end like a recital. I'll invite my mom. Maybe an aunt. They'll cringe. It'll be over. I'll move on to succulent plan arrangement or whatever. Thanks for inspiring me to take the risk. Here's the thing. You don't know what age you're supposed to be what, right? So 
if you're destined to be a famous comedian, I don't really, I got to be honest with you. It's really, first of all, you just have to find a fan base. I got very lucky. People started to know me from Chelsea lately. Then the Netflix swooped right in. So you do need to be exposed. I mean, I've been exposed to millions of people and I still only have maybe a couple thousand fans in each city. And then maybe from that, a few hundred actually come out. So it's a very hard, it's just almost impossible seeming to get it started. How do people find out about you? If you want to work in front of your own fan base. If you don't, if you want to just tour and be the opening comic for other people, um, at comedy clubs, it's a real miserable life because you are performing for people who don't know who you are. They're not bought into you and they are judging you every single joke. And it just takes a lot of practice to even look comfortable up there. You might even feel really comfortable on stage. I'm not just talking to you, Tara. I'm talking to everybody. You might just feel really comfortable on stage, but it doesn't mean you look that way. And I've, I've even seen that in myself recently. Even when I look at my first special, I think, God, I was so comfortable, but I don't look at, you know, it just takes so much time. So yeah, I mean, you're 47. By the time you get really good, you'd probably be early fifties. I don't, there's no comedy doesn't care how old you are. People watch people of any age on stage. It's just a matter of at any age, it's really hard to find that fan base. But again, doing something like telling jokes on stage, getting up, taking this class, getting on stage. Anytime we get moving, change our energy, try something new, it opens something. It gives us an idea. Maybe it will give you a way to look at your life differently in all areas. Maybe it will change the way you do something at a job that you have or a hobby that you have. Maybe it'll improve your sense of self. Maybe it'll attract something. We have no idea. I mean, if you went on stage, not you, Tara, but if someone went on stage thinking, well, I'm not going to be a famous comedian, so why even bother doing this stand-up moment? You're not realizing that things we need to learn about ourselves and opportunities that end up bringing us something cool don't necessarily come in a linear way. So you might meet the love of your life because you got up and took a comedy class. You might find a solution in how to deal with a family member that's been being a problem by doing this comedy set. Like you have no idea. But when we take risks and change our energy, I think we get in the flow and I think we just start to see things differently. So I think no matter what anybody does, whether it's try a new hobby, take a class, take a risk, pursue a new career, whatever it is, if it doesn't literally directly start paying off, indirectly it will. And so, and we never know, we never know. So this notion of, I might be too old for this, you might be exactly the right age. We just don't know. Um, okay. This is from Mitch. I, New Year's resolution, I will make four home cooked meals a week. I spend too much on eating out and instant meals. There you go. I hope you do it. I hope you do it. Hi, Jen. This is from Tim. Uh, okay, let's see. For years, I have always thought New Year's resolutions were a bunch of bullshit. If you want to change it, just change it. Don't pretend that you're going to just because it's a new year. While I still mostly believe this, turning 40 has proven to me to be a bit... To, turning 40 has proven me to be a bit of a hypocrite. In my late 30s, I started joking that I could handle being bald and 40 or fat and 40, but not fat, bald and 40. 
And since I am definitely going bald, I have to not get fat. Har har. Then in the last year, that went from joke to terrifying vision of the future. In the last few months, I've lost 10 pounds eating better and doing Pilates. I feel fucking great. So while it W New Year's, I don't know what you're trying to say there. I still fell trap to a standard milestone for getting your shit together. Judge not lest ye be judged. <laughs> That's not the expression. Judge not lest ye be judged. I don't think that's it. Wait. Judge not. Judge not that ye be not judged. For what judge, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Wait, this is the King James Bible. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye met, it shall be measured to you again. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, what is this? Something that's oh, someone sending me a leak, a link. Okay. Hi, Jen. We love your podcast. Uh, oh, this isn't. New Year's resolution from Melissa. Jen, I've been to about five to six of your shows and you're always so nice when you've signed my books. Even once when I think I drank too much and rambled on. Oh, I'm never going to be rude unless someone's hitting on me. But I would appreciate if everyone would control your drinking. I'm kidding. You even retweeted a pic of my child-free necklace. and happened to be a really shit day for me and my spirits lifted immediately. Well, thank you. I usually don't read compliments, but I'm reading. My 2017 New Year's resolution was to not shop for a whole year. I feel like I remember this, or maybe just someone else said it. No new clothes, shoes, or accessories. It was really hard at first because I work in an office in Los Angeles, and everyone pays attention to looks here. But after a while, I noticed how much money I was saving. I also got really creative with pairing clothes I already had with older shoes I hadn't worn in a while. Almost felt like it was new again. I had a wedding to go to, and I thought I would have to break the resolution, but ended up borrowing a dress from a friend. I was so good at not spending money on clothes that I continued this resolution into 2018, just not as strict. Now I only buy what I absolutely need, bras, underwear, a pair of jeans here or there. I have learned so much about myself and saw that I was spending money on stupid things just to make myself feel good. Don't get me wrong, I have pieces of clothes that are so nice, and I'm so glad I bought it for myself. But now that I'm saving so much, I feel that I'm maturing and only buying quality items now that I'm in my 30s. This is amazing. This is, oh, I have so much to say about this. I also got together with some girlfriends and we did a clothing exchange and got rid of items we don't wear anymore while snagging new items that we can add into our own collections. New clothes and no money spent. I'm hoping to do this once a year with my crew. Happy New Year. Yeah, I have a friend who does clothing exchanges and Things that you, you have to pay money to come. So it's like 20 bucks and all of it gets donated to like a women's group kind of thing, like women's shelter or whatever. And then we do the exchange and then everything that's left over, we donate somewhere. And I read this book this year. I, I can't find it, but it's about just getting your closet down to basics. And, you know, I do have to have a few different wardrobes because I have my auditions. And so I have to have some basic things that 
fit certain roles. I have to have my performance on stage clothes, my basics just for like everyday life. So it sucks that I can't just have a uniform I wear. But I've definitely gotten it down to basics and I even can't wait in the new year to, to throw out more clothes, not throw out, but to donate and, and things like that. Because yeah, it's, it's so much easier when you look in your closet and it's not this overwhelming bunch of things. Um, this is from Bob. Hi, Jen. I never openly make new year's resolutions. I don't have a good reason. I probably give off the impression that I think I'm too cool to come up with a resolution, but truth is I'm just overweight. And my resolution every year is to lose weight, which is such an ordinary resolution. And God forbid I come off as ordinary. (laughs) For the last eight years, losing weight or getting in shape has quietly been my resolution. I've, I'd dropped 30 to 50 pounds in the first half of the year and gained most of the weight back, if not more by the end. In 2017, by the time March hit, I was closing in on the heaviest I'd ever been. Oof, I hate that feeling. I'm remembering to when I had gained 65 pounds at one point. Then Kevin Smith had a heart attack, went vegan, and lost a shit ton of weight. Between his heart attack and you talking about staying healthy on the road, along with the environmental benefits of being vegan on the podcast, and you know, I'm a cheating vegan. I do have dairy sometimes. I thought I'd give it a shot. I actually went plant-based for a month and lost 40 pounds. Oh my God, it's amazing. Now, I don't lose any weight being a vegan, but I think maybe because it was new to your system. At that point, my wife decided that our whole family would become vegan. My wife isn't overweight, but she has endometriosis. You know, every single ailment can be pretty much, if you look at what dietary experts always say, it always comes down to the dampness of dairy. I mean, calcium is good for us, but we can get it other places, but just dairy just fucks up our system so badly and it's really bad for your immune system. So, you know, for me, when I travel, that's why I try not to eat dairy because it's just like, it's just a, it's like throwing a rock in your garbage disposal. It's actually nothing like that, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, my wife isn't overweight, but she has endometriosis. Every woman in her family had issues with their stomach and uterus, among other things that I'm too stupid to understand. You're not too stupid. It's just that men have not been conditioned to care about women's bodies or find it fascinating. And I think that you sound like you are ripe for learning about it. So maybe that could be your new year's resolution that you don't just call yourself stupid and sit out of knowing about women's bodies. Maybe learn something about it. I bet you would find it really cool. Because I'm still understanding it myself. And I'm like, oh my God, it's complex. Basically, they've all had to have hysterectomies before 40. Based on research we've done, she could minimize the negative effects of endometriosis. She probably could have avoided some of those issues if she had lived a vegan lifestyle her whole life. You know, I'm the only woman in my family that's never had endometriosis. My mother had a hysterectomy because of it. Both my sisters had it. And I've been a vegetarian, just not meat eating since I was 13. And I never even had a symptom. So it could be something. We have an 11-year-old daughter, and in an effort to prevent her from suffering from the same issues, we decided to turn the whole family vegan. I had been 100% plant-based, though, and as soon as we went vegan, I stopped losing weight. Yeah, the old vegan weight-stopping losing. It's a bummer. Um, But this time, I didn't gain anything back. Then my wife went on a week-long vacation, and I went plant-based for that week and lost another 10 pounds. So... This year, my resolution is to try to live as close to a plant-based lifestyle as possible and lose another 50 pounds. 
Thank you for being one of the people to inspire me to make this lifestyle change. I apologize if there were any grammatical errors. I am an accountant, not a writer. Thanks, Bob. Bob, you are perfect. You are perfect. And I'm a writer and I don't even use punctuation in my emails. It looks like someone having a nervous breakdown has sent you an email. So I think it's great. Bob, let us know how plant-based life is going. Please check in in the new year. I seem fun at gmail.com. This sounds amazing. I do think there's something to be said, at least for cutting out meat for your daughter, maybe. I don't know. Listen, I ain't no doctor. This is from Nick. I don't know if I can say his name, but I'm saying it. I've made resolutions in the past that I thought I could attain. Save money, lose weight, eat healthy. Unfortunately, with financial and emotional state, I couldn't keep my resolutions longer than a month. However, this year, I'm planning on making a resolution I want to keep. I've been in therapy for depression and anxiety, and due to a prior emotionally abusive relationship, I have become a shut-in and afraid to talk to people. My friends and family noticed I wasn't my outgoing self, and my therapist is working with me to get back to my old self. I've started shutting people out and sabotaging relationships as a preemptive strike. I made it my resolution to get back to being my former self. I've started putting myself in situations where I have to talk to people, going to events, be it a movie, bar, comedy club, concert by myself, so I can reacclimate myself to socializing again and lose the anxiety I had. I promise, though, to not make small talk in an Uber or other places. Talk Small talk need not be made. Happy holidays and happy new year. Nick, do you know what I love about this? Is, you know, with being depressed, with being a shut-in, with suffering through an emotionally abusive relationship and not wanting to talk to people and really noticing that you're sabotaging things, you're still in therapy and you're working on it. And you keep referring to this person that didn't used to be that way as your old self, your former self, which I take to, to mean as your true self. Like in other words, you know that this person that you are now or that you're stuck in right now or that you're struggling with right now, this, this shut-in person that's anxious and depressed, you're not, like even just the way you subconsciously wrote this email, it's showing me that you don't think of this as permanent and that you know this isn't, quote, you. This isn't the best you, the real you. The you that's going to, you know, you, you didn't break and get stuck that way. And, oh, well, this is me now, I guess. There's something really encouraging to me that you keep referring to uh, yourself as your old self, um, which I, again, take to mean that you mean your true self, which is someone who's not anxious, who's not sabotaging, and who's not going to be in an emotionally abusive relationship. So I see a lot of hope in there already. I hope all these resolutions come true for you. It sounds like you're doing every single fucking thing that you can to make sure they do. And we are all rooting for you, everyone that's listening to I Seem Fun. I will speak for all of us. This is from Jeff. My New Year's resolution, as it's been in past years, is to be a little less of an asshole than I was the year before. It's an incremental work in progress, baby steps. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I think that it's a good catch-all, you know. Um, That could mean you're kinder to people, in public, nicer to the people in your life. Um, you tip better, you give to charity. I mean, you, you've really covered the entire gamut there. And this is from Elizabeth. I love New Year's resolutions. I use them as life rules to remind me of things to not do because I will forget why I shouldn't do things and then do them and think, 
oh yeah, I forgot I hated this. Like I should add bangs to the list, but I think I have to try them one more time. Anyway, many years ago, my New Year's resolution was to not buy magazines because I don't read them and then they pile up and make me feel guilty and wasteful. I want to buy them all the time, but then I remember I have a rule for a reason. Last year, I read Ann Patchett's New York Times article about not shopping, and I did that. I only shopped when I absolutely needed something. As a result, I spent less money last year, got my spaces organized, started actually using sample size products that have accumulated, and threw out stuff that I realized I was never going to use. It was great. I'm going to do it again for 2019. I've added one caveat. I get to shop from Thanksgiving to New Year's to get really good bargains and to buy things that I could use but didn't absolutely need throughout the year. I agree with that. When people think, it's too commercial, but it's like, if you know you're going to get something for someone on Christmas and there's a giant sale on Black Monday, I mean, fucking get it. I, I totally agree that there are, if you're going to have to shop for things, there's actually good times of year to do it. Um, I still did some shopping, but it was way less than I usually would have, and it was mostly presents for other people. And then she linked the article. Maybe I'll read it um, at the end of the episode. But yeah, I, my New Year's resolution too. I shop, I get these little things here and there, and I don't want to do it again this year. Um, unless I'm traveling and it's like something from a trip, but going on Amazon too quickly, going on Postmates too quickly, it's starting to add up and I'm like, oh fuck, like I can't be doing this. You know, um, I want to just like not spend anything and I want to just utilize the clothes that I already have. And honestly, for me, if I can lose five more pounds, I get down to the weight that I was last time I did a big tour, then all my clothes fit me and I don't have to buy new things. And that's a lot of times for me is this like pesky five pounds. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to be perfect or I pressure to feel thin. It's like my normal weight is five pounds less. So if I'm being more mindful about what I'm eating and not ordering so much food and all this stuff, then it actually helps all things all the way around. So those are my resolutions is to stick at my fighting, touring weight which helps me to be able to utilize every piece of clothing in my closet, buy less, and uh, really go for savings a lot this year. Um, oh, I think that's, I think we're out of resolutions. I think that's it. You know why? Because I told you guys you had until Friday to send me this, but I'm recording this like a day early. Sorry. Sorry. I feel like that article she sent me is going to stress me out about like not being a consumer. So I want to read it, but I'm afraid to. Should I just do it? Should I just do it? Read it. All right. I just hate reading things that's like, and there's a Pacific garbage patch. We're all going to die. I mean, I know that, but I, you know, I don't, I don't have to think about it every five minutes. Let's see. I'm just seeing if I want to read this. Okay, I'll read it. This is from the New York Times by Ann Patchett. She wrote this in 2017. It's a, an opinion piece called My Year of No Shopping. I guess it was like, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry, talking to myself. The idea began in February 2009 over lunch with my friend Alyssa. 
someone I like but rarely see. She walked into the restaurant wearing a fitted black coat with a high collar. Wow, I said admiringly. Some coat. She stroked the sleeve. Yeah, I bought it at the end of my no shopping year. I still feel a little bad about it. Alyssa told me the story. After traveling for much of the previous year, she had decided she had enough stuff or too much stuff. She made a pledge that for 12 months, she wouldn't buy shoes, clothes, purses, or jewelry. I was impressed by her discipline, but she shrugged it off. It wasn't hard. I did some small-scale experiments of my own, giving up shopping for Lent for a few years. I was always surprised by how much better it made me feel, but it wasn't until last New Year's Day that I decided to follow my friend's example. At the end of 2016, our country had swung in the direction of gold leaf, an ecstatic celebration of unfeeling unfeeling billionairedom that kept me up at night. I couldn't settle down to read or write, and in my anxiety, I found myself mindlessly scrolling through two particular shopping websites, numbing my fears with pictures of shoes, clothes, purses, and jewelry. I was trying to distract myself, but the distraction left me feeling worse, the way a late night in a bar smoking Winstons and drinking gin leaves you feeling worse. The unspoken question of shopping is, what do I need? What I needed was less. My plan had been to give up what Alyssa gave up, things to wear. But a week into my no shopping year, I bought a portable speaker. When I got at home, I felt ridiculous. Shouldn't no shopping include electronics? I came up with my own arbitrary set of rules for the year. I wanted a plan that was serious, but not so draconian that I would bail out in February. So while I couldn't buy clothing or speakers, I could buy anything in the grocery store, including flowers. I could buy shampoo and printer cartridges and batteries, but only after I'd run out of what I had. I could buy plane tickets and eat out in restaurants. I could buy books because I write books and I co-own a bookstore and books are my business. Could I have made it a full year without buying books? Absolutely. I could have used the library or read the books that were already in my house, but I didn't. I bought books. Oh, I'm so for that. If you can afford a book, buy a book. Keep all that business in business. And as I'm sitting here, I'm realizing this year I want to give up um, clothing shopping, unless it's like the basics, like socks, underwear, um, for as long as I can. And I want to give up, um, yeah, just like little food extras that I don't need to do, like that are just wasteful. Does that make sense? Okay. Gifts were the tough one for me. I'm a gift giver and I could see how gift shopping could become an easy loophole. I decided to give books as gifts, but I didn't always keep to it. My editor married in 2017, and I wasn't about to give him a book as a wedding present. Still, the frantic shopping for others needed to come to a halt. The idea that our affection and esteem must manifest itself in yet another sweater is reductive. Alyssa said she gave people time, a certificate to watch their kids or clean their house. That, she told me, turned out to be the hardest thing. Time is so valuable. I was raised Catholic and spent 12 years in a Catholic girls' school. In the same way a child who grows up going to the symphony is more likely to enjoy classical music and a child raised in a bilingual household is probably going to speak two languages, many children raised Catholic have a talent for self-denial. Even now, my sister and I plan for Lent the way other people plan family vacations. What will we let go of? What good can we add? My first few months of no shopping were full of gleeful discoveries. 
I ran out of lip balm early on, and before making a decision about whether lip balm constituted a need, I looked in my desk drawers and coat pockets. I found five lip balms. Once I started digging around under the bathroom sink, I realized I could probably run this experiment for three more years before using up all the lotion, soap, and dental floss. It turns out I hadn't thrown away the hair products and face creams I'd bought over the years and didn't like. I just tossed them all under the sink. I'm using them now and they're fine. In March, I wished I had a Fitbit, the new one that looked like a bracelet and didn't need to be connected to a smartphone. For four days, I really wanted a Fitbit and then poof, I didn't want one. I remember my parents trying to teach me this lesson when I was a child. If you want something, wait a while. Chances are the feeling will pass. The trick of no shopping isn't just that you don't buy things. You don't shop. That means no trawling the sales section of the J.Crew website in idle moments. It means the catalogs go into the recycle bin unopened on the theory that if I don't see it, I don't want it. Halfway through the year, I could go to a store with my mother and sister if they asked me. I could tell them if the dress they were trying on looked good without wishing I could try it on myself. Not shopping saves an astonishing amount of time. I realize I don't really shop that much, but I buy, if that makes sense. A click here, a click there. I don't want to do that. In October, I interviewed Tom Hanks about his collection of short stories in front of 1,700 people in a Washington theater. Previously, I would have believed that such an occasion demanded a new dress and lost two days of my life looking for one. In fact, Tom Hanks had never seen any of my dresses, nor had the people in the audience. I went to my closet, picked out something weather appropriate, and stuck it in my suitcase. Done. Ooh, I also have a resolution. I want to be a lighter packer. Okay. I did a favor for a friend over the summer, and she bought me a pair of tennis shoes. Her simple act of kindness thrilled me. Once I stopped looking for things to buy, I became tremendously grateful for the things I received. Had I been shopping this summer, I would have told my friend, you shouldn't have, and I would have meant it. It doesn't take so long for a craving to subside, be it for Winston's or gin or cupcakes. Once I got the hang of giving shopping up, it wasn't much of a trick. The trickier part was living with the startling abundance that had become glaringly obvious when I stopped trying to get more. Once I could see what I already had and what actually mattered, I was left with a feeling that was somewhere between sickened and humbled. When did I amass so many things and did someone else need them? If you stop thinking about what you might want, it's a whole lot easier to see what other people don't have. There's a reason that just about every religion regards material belongings as an impediment to peace. This is why Siddhartha had to leave his palace to become the Buddha. This is why Jesus said, blessed are the poor. It's why my friend's sister Nina, an 85-year-old Catholic nun, took a vow of poverty when she entered the convent at 18. Sister Nina was my reading teacher when I was in the first grade, and in the years since, she has taught me considerably more. When I ask her if there's anything she needs me to get for her, she shakes her head. It's all just stuff, she says, meaning all of the things that aren't God. If you're in the market for genuine inspiration on this front, I urge you to read Barking to the Choir, The Power of Radical Kinship by Gregory Boyle, a book that shows what the platitudes of faith look like when they're actually put into action. God, I know this article was going to have a religious bent. Sorry if anybody's like, what the fuck? The things we buy and buy and buy are like a thick coat of Vaseline smeared on glass. We can see some shapes out there, light and dark, but in our constant craving for what we may still want, we miss life's details. It's not as if I kept a ledger and took the money I didn't spend on perfume and gave that money to the poor, but I came to a better understanding of money as something we earn and spend and save for the things we want and need. 
Once I was able to get past the want and to be honest about the need, it was easier to give more of my money to people who could really use it. For the record, I still have more than plenty. I know there is a vast difference between not buying things and not being able to buy things. Not shopping for a year hardly makes me one with the poor, but it has put me on the path of figuring out what I can do to help. I understand that buying things is the backbone of the economy economy and job growth. I appreciate all the people who shop in the bookstore, but taking some time off from consumerism isn't going to make the financial markets collapse. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution, I have to tell you, this one's great. What I still haven't figured out is how the experiment ends. Do I just start shopping again? Shop less? I called Alyssa. I hadn't seen her in years. She told me that after she bought the black coat, she decided to re-up for another year. She said, I realized I had too many decisions to make that were actually important. There were people to help, things to do. Not shopping frees up a lot of space in your brain. So for now, I'll leave my pledge in place. Who knows how far I can go? In a country hell-bent on selling us dresses and shirts with the shoulders cut out, though I would like to think I wouldn't have fallen for that even if I had been shopping, it's good to sit on the bench for a while. Or as the great social activist Dorothy Day liked to say, the best thing to do with the best things in life is give them up. Huh. Huh. That was pretty cool. Um, all right, I'm going to do this. All right, I'm going to read some of my <laughs> favorite inspirational quotes. Um, and you can take these with you into the new year. If it's meant for you, you won't have to beg for it. Do not believe the things you tell yourself when you are sad and alone. Your story isn't over yet. So far, you've survived 100% of your worst days. You're doing great. Stop looking for happiness in the same place you lost it. We must be willing to let go of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Sometimes what you're most afraid of doing is the thing that will set you free. Just because your past didn't turn out like you wanted it to doesn't mean that your future can't be better than you ever imagined. Let go of those who are already gone. When in doubt, don't. Take a deep breath. It's a bad day, not a bad life. Hope equals hold on, pain ends. Be someone that you want to be around. It isn't the load that weighs us down, it's the way we carry it. We're responsible for our efforts, not the outcome. Be stronger than your strongest excuse. At any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how my story is going to end. What you deny and ignore, you delay. What you accept and face, you conquer. If you don't like being a doormat, then get off of the floor. What you seek is seeking you. I love that. I think that's from Rumi. Let go or get dragged. Um, ego says, once everything falls into place, I'll feel peace. 
but true spirit says, find your peace and then everything will fall into place. Um, let's see. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Don't let other people rent space in your head. We do not let other people's words define us. Uh, let's see. Oh, I can't think. I think that's all I have for you right now. I have a list of more, but they're not quite good for the New Year's. Um, your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. The first step towards getting somewhere is deciding that you're not going to stay where you are. <laughs> is this annoying? I don't care. I love shit like this. Making mistakes is better than faking imperfections. Don't stumble over something behind you. When your past calls, don't answer. It has nothing to say. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? All right, there we go. How's that? Are you inspired? Can you go to sleep now, ready for the new year or not ready for it, as the case may be? Are you in Times Square right now with, with this podcast in your ears? I doubt it. Anyway, until next year, <laughs> have fun.